We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Golden Tate called Matthew Stafford the best quarterback he's played with. Is it fact or fiction? Madden released their ratings, and the Pirate Podcast breaks down the Detroit Lions roster. And with training camp right around the corner, what are some training camp battles you're looking forward to? Find out on episode 27 on The Pride Podcast. Brady's got it. Wants to throw from deep in the pocket. Throws deep downfield. He wants to set. It is picked off by the line. Darius Slay's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up the Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to episode 27 of the Pride Podcast on the Blue Wire Network. I'm Tyler from Lions Nation. I'm Pierre from Detroit Lions Fan Page. What's going on, everybody? I'm Malcolm. I'm with the Detroit Lions video page. And before we start our episode today, I just want to give a shout out to harrys.com slash blue wire. Go check it out for all your razor needs. Uh, all right. So, guys, for our first topic for the day, training camp is creeping up on us, guys. Rookie mini camps or rookie camp starts tomorrow, actually. So by the time you guys hear this, rookie camp will be starting. Yeah. Uh, so the actual training camp is really soon. And today, for our first topic, we want to talk about some training camp battles, so what to look out for. So, Pierre, I know you have a position highlighted specifically. What position will you be talking today on episode 27? I will be talking about the running backs. Now, the first two spots are secure with uh, on Johnson at the, as the 1A and CJ Anderson as the 1B, or you want to say 1 and 2, I don't know. After that, though, it gets like a little like, all right, who do we have? We have it's Ty awesome. Johnson, the rookie. Yeah, we have Ty Johnson. We have Theo Riddick, who actually has a uh, 4.625 cap hit. If they release him, they'll only have 962 in that cap, but they release or trade him. So I think Theo could be moved, but not now, obviously. Uh, Zach Center, he's there. We know what Zach could do every time he comes in. He's not flashy, but he gets the job done, you know? That's uh, my boy. We have Ty Johnson, speedster kid. Out of Maryland, very, very fast. Lions don't have that type of speed on offense. We have Mark Thompson, 6'2", really fast. We actually had him on the Pride podcast before. Yes, uh, that Mark Thompson. <laughs> we saw what he did to the Michigan Wolverines, if you guys recall. Yep. 
Uh, let's not talk about that. So, <laughs> I mean, if I had a guess right now who would make the team, I'd say carry on CJ, Ty, and I think it's between Zenner, Riddick, and Thompson for the other spots. Because Ty Johnson can also return punts and kicks. And, uh, yeah, I think Riddick also has some value. He's, he's our best third down. Uh, he's our best pass protector. And he could, he's a great receiver out of the backfield, but he hasn't really been doing that that much. And Bevel doesn't really give the ball to his receivers that much as well. So I think Riddick is, would probably be the odd man out. How many running backs do you see the Lions bringing into the season? Uh, four or five. Four to five, even with the fullback? Or are you like, because, you know, you got to usually count that in with it? Um, I don't know, because even with the fullback, uh, they got Isaac Nada. He could play fullback. I don't know how high they're on Nick Bodden. I really don't. Uh, he missed mm-hmm. a full year. He missed a year. We haven't really heard anything him. about him, you know, so we don't really know much about him. We'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll do that later when we do our 53-man predictions for another okay. episode. All right, yeah. Malcolm, what position you are you going to be talking about today on episode 27? Well, um, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite positions, and that is the cornerback positions um Jeez. mainly mainly that cornerback number two position well that's a position that i think a lot of people is going to be looking at you know very closely at camp and in preseason and see who exactly is gonna you know you know go over that that hump and um take that starting that starting job as of right now i think we all know that it is rashad melvin's job to lose as far as that cornerback number two. Now, he pretty much has a job in his lap. Now, we do have T. Saber. We do have Mike Ford that are coming for that um, They're coming for that job. And I want to see who exactly wins that number two job. And we break it down as far as experience. You know, that's why I said Rashad Melvin has the edge over them because he has 28 starts. And he actually had four interceptions. And you're looking at T. Saber and Mike Ford as of right now. Neither of those guys have any turnovers on on their resume, so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun battle. You guys already know who I'm rooting for, so <laughs> you know who I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for my boy to come in like week eight and just kill it. Oh, Armani Arue, Armani Arue. Yeah, we gotta we gotta see, man. I think it's gonna be a learning curve for him, but we'll see yeah. how long it takes. Um, but like I said, he's one of those guys who I I know is gonna he's gonna have a spot on the team. And Malcolm, to go on top of what you said, Melvin has played with a under a Patricia defense. He knows like the rules. He knows, he knows. Uh, he's like played in this, so I think I he knows what to expect. Yeah, he has. He has the. He has the edge because of the experience. He has turnovers on his resume. That's something that that's exactly what we need is turnovers. So, so Malcolm, with that cornerback position, who could you see being the odd man out, and who like how many cornerbacks do you kind of see up carrying on the team? I could see him bring it, leaving, leaving five. And as far as Melvin being a lock, I don't have Melvin as a lock. Um, when they bring in Melvin, they signed him with a one-year deal. And his cap is, is little to none. If Mike Ford outplays Rashawn Melvin, or if Tease Tabor outplays Rashawn Melvin, what? you know, Rashawn Melvin might be the the, the Wait, 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 wait. wait. Wait, did you say if Tease Tabor outplays Rashawn Melvin? If if Tease Tabor outplays Rashawn, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think that. It it Either could three. it could happen. It it can't it okay. could happen. You see Melvin's speed, bro. 
versus teaser speed. Like this speed, a lot of man. Uh, I'm just we saying. Went, we, we went through this over and over. He does not make a corner. You know, I don't like slow corners. I really don't. I I completely understand. But Patricia had a guy named Malcolm Butler on his defense who was very successful under that defense. And Malcolm Butler runs the same exact speed as Tease Tabor. So it's not speed. It is technique. If Tease Tabor gets his technique down this year, we all know he he has a ball skills. He showed it in college. Right. He's talented. I mean... He's got to put it together, and he got to get his confidence up. Right now, he, he lost his confidence. So, is it possible? Absolutely, it's possible. Is it going to happen? We don't know. Is it likely to happen? You know, probably not. You know, everybody's against T's Tabor right now, but <laughs> he has a chance. He has a chance, just like everybody else has a chance. So, we'll see how it happens. But Rashawn Melvin is definitely not a lock because of his contract situation. Right. I so, agree. so your prediction right now is five cornerbacks on this team. Yeah, five cornerbacks. Okay, I like it. All right, guys. The position I'm going to be talking about on episode 27. I'm going with a little more not playmaking position, but an important position. I'm going to go with the guard position. So, you guys are probably wondering: the Lions, T.J. Lang retired in the offseason. They caught him, and then he ended up retiring. And the Lions didn't do a great job replacing T.J. Lang. You know, in the offseason. We were kind of waiting. Some guys that made sense was like DJ Fluker, a guy named J.R. Sweezy, guys that have had connection with Daryl Bevel made sense for that line spot. The Lions didn't end up getting either of them. So I kind of assumed maybe the draft will go out, you know, go you know, draft a guard. They didn't draft any offensive linemen. You know, there was talks of Jonah Williams in the first round. The Lions didn't draft any offensive linemen at all. So I got to believe that they are comfortable with the group they have because the only move they made this offseason on the offensive line from free agency is Ode Abushi. And right now, Ode Abushi is my leading, I guess I would call the lead to win the left guard position right now. Because I'm assuming that the Lions will switch Frank Ragged onto the center role and Graham Glasgow will shift over to the right guard position. So for the left guard position, you know, you got a lot of competition. Uh, competition. You got Abushi, you're looking at Joe Dahl, Kenny Wiggins, year two with the Detroit Lions, Terrell Crosby, year two in the NFL. And then you're looking at the undrafted free agent, Bo Ben I think is your competition right now at that guard position. I'd say right that now, too. The Leo Kalamaki. Oh, Kalamaki. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Kalamaki is, you know, definitely in there. I don't know how high on I am personally on him, but, you know, he's got some skills. He's sticked around in the organization for a few years. Right. So would I be surprised? No. But starting is a little bit of a long shot for me. Right. Uh, for right now, I think Ode Bushi makes the most sense for me just because connections with Daryl Bevel. Uh, going into training camp, Abushi has the edge over those guys I just named because he has the philosophy of Daryl Bevel. He knows the philosophy of Daryl Bevel and what he's going to do. The other guys, you know, it's going to be kind of a learning curve for, you know, Joe Dahl, Kenny Wiggins, Crosby, Bo, whatever. So right now you're looking at Ode Bushi starting at the left guard position. You're probably like, Really, Ode Abushi's your starting left guard. And I know most fans, you know, that, that's not a great name. And, but I'm looking back at Ode's numbers. They're not phenomenal, but he's been a starting guard in the NFL before. And like I mentioned with Daryl Bevel before. You know, you look at him last year with the Arizona Cardinals, who were probably the worst-ranked offensive line in the NFL last year. And his numbers were, you know, not great. And your numbers are not going to look great on the worst offensive line. But... For what Ode Bushi had in Arizona, I thought he did a pretty good job. 
And I think we put him a supporting cast of Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnar, Graham Glasgow, and Rick Wagner. He's going to look a lot better. Um, so I'm not too concerned with that guard position, me personally. And I'm comfortable with Oday starting off the season as your starting guard. But as I said, starting. I think you could look at one of those young kids like Terrell Crosby or Bo Benshaw will eventually take over that role midseason, kind of like what you were referring to Amani Rue week eight or something like that. I can kind of see that situation happening with uh, Terrell Crosby or Bo Benshaw, kind of them, you know, getting the system more and, you know, getting uh, more used to new offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel. I'm rooting for Ode. Hopefully he gets a job. Yeah, I mean, he joined the Pride podcast and yeah. the Middle Eastern love. Yeah. <laughs> so I got, I got you from Amanda Bushi. All right, guys, so for our next topic today, we're talking about Madden. And, uh, you know, Madden dropped their ratings a few days ago. And, you know, me, Pierre, and Malcolm are all pretty big on Madden. We play a lot of Madden during the football season. I know me and Pierre go head-to-head a lot during, you know, football season. Malcolm has this Connect franchise, and he's really big on. So, uh, oh, man, those ratings, I don't, I don't even want to start off. Malcolm, <laughs> to start off with the Madden ratings. I don't even want to talk about it. Just break down some of the ratings. Of the Madden. Oh, no, you First of all, before we even talk about these ratings, I just want to no, let EA Sports know. I want to let the creator of Madden know that these ratings are disrespectful. They are disrespectful, and whoever gave the Lions these ratings needs to be fined. Like it, it, it's just that it's that bad, and it's disrespectful. So to pair to put Matthew Stafford in the same category as Marcus Mariota is is an outrage. To make them both the same rating, to put Andy Dalton ahead of Matthew Stafford in ratings, I was just gonna say that is is an outrage. I don't even know if these guys. I don't know if they watch football. I don't know if they just go by teams and just say, okay, oh, it's the Lions. Okay, 60, 60, 60, 70, 70, 70, 70, 70, 80. It looked like the only one they got right here was was Snacks Harrison. And I, I personally, even though Snacks is a ninety, a not rated ninety five. Overall 95, I think he should be like a 96 or 97. But I'm not going to argue that. It is what it is. It looked like they got his right. But right. everybody else, like, what the, what is this? You know what one pissed me off the most? What is that? Okay, Stafford, forget about the Stafford. We were all mad. Giving Jared Davis a fucking 72. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what I was confused is how is Christian Jones a 73 and Jared Davis a 72? Yeah, and that just me. How? <laughs> Like, let's be I, honest, I think Davis is probably, like, in the 80, 81. You know, he's still, like, he's learning. Like, but I don't think he's 72. I think that's way... If they would have made him a 79, I would be like, okay, it's borderline. Yeah, I'd take the 79, yeah. He's a high but 70s. To put, to put Christian Jones ahead of him? How? How is that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't have answers. I really don't have answers. I mean, okay, and okay, I like this player, but I think like they overrate him. Danny Amendola is not an eighty-one. Yeah, and I, I don't think Marvin Jones is an eighty-six overall. Come on now, if that's, they would have for more, if they would have put, if they're gonna put Marvin Jones at eighty-six, they should at least put Kenny Galli at eighty-six too. They should have yeah. made them both eighty-six. Yeah, I mean, Marvin Jones how... is not eighty-six. Their struggles are the same struggles. One of them is just a little younger and bigger. There's, they both struggle getting off man coverage, creating separation. So I think they're very similar, except one's younger and has more potential right now. Yeah. So just... like, I, I don't. I kind of agree with Marvin's, and I think Kenny should be a little higher. I don't know, like Tyler. Do you know how they're coming up with these ratings? Um, I do not. But I this is a whole different 
you know, game. But I saw a tweet yesterday. Uh, it was it was 2K, actually. And the tweet was referring to Jokic. I think some Nuggets fan are like, you know, what is Jokic's rating? It was like a 90 overall. And some Nuggets fans were like, you know, what is this? All that. And Ronnie 2K responded to one of the tweets, actually, saying, maybe if he had a Twitter we would bump his rating few up. So is this coming down to a popularity contest? You get your rating up if you have a Twitter now? <laughs> like, yeah. how does that work? I don't, like, I don't know. And I, I was actually, I was actually so mad that I actually even, I, I sent Ronnie 2K a, a, a DM that day. And I, I was just begging him to bring back um, NFL 2K. Cause that <laughs> game, it looked like, I mean, they were, they looked like they were kind of fair ratings back in the day. Hopefully they could, they're doing a really good job with the NBA, the NBA world. If yeah. Could, it, it, Bring yeah. back NFL 2K. I mean, I don't, I don't like the way this Madden thing is going. I mean, there's already too many glitches, and now they're, now they're biased. Like it, it's just crazy. But I they get, never update the game either. What <laughs> I don't get, they gave like our highest Lyman Frank rank now a 79. Like, are you kidding me, bro? Like, I don't know what the hell they rank Decker. I mean, I just looked at the top rate. I don't know what they rank. I, I, I could go through the whole starting because I actually have the the whole starters with me right now. All right. So on offense, we have Matthew Stafford, who is. They rate him 79. How? I don't know. With a 94 arm strength. What? what? 94? Okay. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, Carrion Johnson, 81 overall. Um, Marvin Jones, 86. Kenny Galladay, 83. Jesse James, 78. TJ Hawkinson, 77. I think that's yep. fair for both of them. Yeah, I it's, think, it's, like, it's, that's fair. it's fair. It's fair. Right. Uh, Taylor Decker, 76. Kenny Wiggins, Whoa, 76 for Taylor 76, Decker. 76 yeah. for Taylor Decker. Uh, Kenny Wiggins got a 63. Um, Frank Ragnow, we know he's a 79. Graham Grasgow, he got a 74. Then Rick Ragnar got a 77. What the fuck are they on? Stay off the weed. Oh, the, the, the starting defense, um, they have Trey Flowers at 87. Okay, I respect that. Yeah, that's not too bad. 87 is not bad. And then we got Snacks Harrison's. And like I said earlier, they got his right. He's a 95 overall. Okay. By far the best player on our team. Um, Deshaun Hand, 79 overall. He's a rookie. I respect that. I mean, like, second-year player. He did well, but he got hurt. So Devon Kennard, uh, 74 overall. Christian yeah, Jones, 70, Christian Jones, a 73 overall. Jared oh, Davis, 72 overall. So all of our linebackers are below 75. Is that what you're saying? We have no linebacker above 75. Did they Man, want how am I going to play? My user picks? <laughs> oh, um, no. Darius the linebackers Lay, are my favorite position. Darius Slay is 89. Justin Coleman. Wait, wait, wait. Darius Slay should be like a 93. All 93. Right. I, say 90, I say 95. Uh, I, th- I thought the 89 was honestly not that bad. He's not coming off the best year. He's not Yo, coming off the best year. he's still Darius Slay, though. Come on. He he's, not coming, he's not coming off the best year. He went to the Pro Bowl. the worst year. I don't, I don't. Okay, I think he should be a, a little bit higher, but not like... Like nine, 95 is a little bit over. But let's be honest, he did play her during the year. He had like a hamstring. He was playing through. Okay, but you gotta, don't you don't factor that in Madden. You don't factor that in Madden. You factor the play that was on the field. Yeah. Whatever. Justin Coleman, uh, I think, I'm not sure if I said this already, but whatever. Justin Coleman, 77. Rashad Melvin, 78. Uh, mm. This is the one that hurt my soul. Keandre Diggs, 77. You guys gotta put respect on Dix, bro. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna play with the chip on his shoulder, and he's gonna rock. Uh, who we play week one again? Arizona. We played the Arizona Cardinals. God bless Kyler Murray. He's about to rock him. Like, <laughs> how do you? I, I I don't understand. 
What I'm saying, I, I just don't know I how do you put know. 77 on on his overall like that. That's, the man that's... can do it all. He can play free safety, strong safety, can play nickel, and plays all at a high level. Do you know his hit power by any chance? Let me see if I have it. Let me see if I have it here. I probably do not because that's probably not his strongest. Uh, no, nah, see, they only gave me his the pretty much his highest attribute, and with Diggs, it's play recognition, which is 81. So that means his. Whatever his hit, so his hit power is lower than the eight. It's lower than eighty one. Yeah, eighty one is his highest attribute. Okay, which is All terrible. Right. All right. Yeah. And then we have uh, Tracy Walker at seventy two. Whoa, I mean, eh, he's not proven, but still, I mean, you think like he's like a seventy five or seventy six. Basically, our whole team is seventies. What's one of the best kickers in NFL history? What's his overall? Best kicker? Are you talking about um? Yeah, one of the best kicker in NFL Prater? history. We're talking about Matthew Prater. Yeah, man, Prater. <laughs> Matthew Prater. His, his overall is a 78. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's Pr- very disrespectful. Prater actually was commenting on it. He said, man, they keep driving my kicking power as I, as I keep yeah, kicking. Kick, <laughs> kicking power is 94. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was lower. I thought it was lower, honestly. No, his kicking power is 94. Um, Sam, Martin, you- um, Sam Martin is a 75 overall, and his kicking power is 96. Yeah, they did say Sam Martin's kicking power is little uh, because he's younger or something like that. That was their explanation for it, I, I guess. I saw that. The Lions did like a little thing. Guess yeah. what, guys? Um, Tease Tabor and your boy Monty Rue have the same exact overall at 68. Well, that's going to change. <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right because Tease is going to be up there. 87 by the end of the year, buddy. I don't think it's we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my, my real question to you guys, are you guys going to be buying Madden this year? Yeah, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna give people work when I'm using the lines. I'll whoop people. I'll okay. still use the lines, and I'll the people can use the Patriots. I'll use my lines, and I'll still whoop them. Because a lot of men's with skill. To be honest, you got to know how to play. I I have Malcolm, to. How about you? I have to unfortunately yeah. because um I'm I'm committed to a a ton of Madden different Madden franchise leagues. Um, so I I already committed to the teams, and I have to play. Unfortunately, <laughs> Malcolm, yeah. put me in one of your leagues so I could win. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You know what? I I, I need to come up for a break after all these after all these ratings, man. Yeah, let's take a break. break. Take a break. <laughs> all right, guys, we got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make, make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to Harry's.com/slash/BlueWire to save ten dollars on your value trial set, which includes a five blaze razor tr- with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade a rich lathering shaving gel, a travel blade cover. You get all that for just for $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with the quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that has been making quality blades for over 95 years. Yes, 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know about it and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure to go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. That's a great deal, guys. Take advantage of it. We start with breaking news on this Sports Center. Moves already being made. The Eagles landing a new defensive tackle, according to our Josina Anderson, former Jaguar Malik Jackson. 
receivers. The Lions announcing they have signed veteran Danny Amendola. ESPN Santa Receiver reports it's a one-year deal worth up to $5.75 million. Guess what time is, everybody? Yes, you got it right. It is around the league with Malcolm. And this week, we're actually going to kick it off in Miami. Detroit Lions head coach Jim Caldwell is actually taking a medical leave from the Miami Dolphins. As a lot of Lions fans know already, Jim Caldwell does not like talking about injuries. Well, involving his injury looks like nothing changed because he didn't really want to talk about exactly what happened. He actually said in the statement, I will be stepping back due to some medical complications that will require my full attention. It is still unknown exactly what his health issue is, but Jim Caldwell actually missed the 2019 season. And now, and um, actually in sunny California, Charger running back Melvin Gordon is actually planning to hold out if he does not get a long-term deal. Okay. Now, this, this situation is a little bit tricky. It's, um, right now, he's actually playing under the last year of his rookie deal, his um, fifth-year option. He's actually gonna, He's actually scheduled to make $5.6 million next season. What Melvin's looking for is actually a long-term deal. That puts him in that range, that that twelve to fourteen million dollar range. The only issue is the Chargers are not really willing to pay that amount due to his durability issues. Melvin Gordon only played one full season, that was in twenty seventeen, and he also only had one thousand yard season. So it's, it's making the it's making the situation tough for the Chargers because they want to pay him, but they want to make sure that he is healthy if he can play multiple full seasons. So we'll see how the situation goes. It does look like he is going to hold out. Now, will, will, will he be holding out to the regular season too? Um, his situation is a little bit different. Now, a lot of people are saying, "Yeah, he could hold out for a season." His okay. different his situation is a lot different from Bell's situation. Now, Bell was under a franchise tag where if he were to hold out for the season, he doesn't get charged. He doesn't get fined um, for missing out games. He didn't get fined per game. Now, Melvin Gordon is signed. That's why. exactly. Now, Gordon's a different situation. He's actually under contract. So if if he decides to miss next season, he will be fined forty thousand dollars per game for every preseason game, and also every regular season game. So it will rack up, and yeah. it could cost him. Not only is going to cost him money, but it's going to cost him a year, a lifetime year, because you know at thirty, when he turned thirty, you know your running back days kind of kind of slows down. Unless he's not at thirty Peterson. yet. Yeah, he, he's not at thirty yet, but it takes a year away, so right. it makes it, it makes it tough for him. So we'll see how he handles that situation. He could request for a trade, but then say, but then the charge could simply deny it. So if you're in Melvin's shoes, though, this is what he's trying to do. He doesn't want to get franchise tag next year, which, which he probably will, because they'll give him like five mil this year, whatever. Yeah. The next year they'll place him on the tag. So if if you do the numbers game, the Chargers could be like, all right, fifth year option, tag, tag. You're like twenty eight. You're a free agent. But he wants security, you know, so it's a numbers game. We'll see what happens. It, it is. It is. Um, so we'll see exactly how they handle it. And at the desert, the Cardinals actually released offensive tackle Desmond Harrison after mm-hmm. an arrest warrant. Um, Harrison actually had a felony arrest warrant um, in North Carolina. And he's actually being charged with domestic violence assault. Wow. Not good. And last but not least, we got some positive news um, in Atlanta. Um, Deion Jones actually gets paid. Falcons signed linebacker Jones to a four-year, $57 million extension, which included a $34 million guarantee. So he got paid, and that is it with the Round League with Malcolm. Just just uh, a quick note on Deion Jones. That's Pierre's boy on Madden. He always 
that he always gets user picks with Deion Jones whenever we play because Falcons is one of his teams on Madden, actually, fun fact. So, uh, yep. Piers, did you get him paid or did he get himself paid? <laughs> uh, let's be honest. I love Debo. That's his nickname. His nickname is Debo. I love the way he plays. I've always liked him. He's a, he's short, but he's like a baller. He's fast. He's like instinctive. I don't know. He like yeah, Devin Bush can be like him. I love Deion. I agree. So. Yeah, they like the same type of player. That'll be that'll oh. be fun to see. Deion is sweet. He missed last year. Was injured, but man, he's sweet. I love his, I love the way he plays. I agree. But- For our next topic is we got the NFL. I guess is considering adding two more games into the into the season. So no, potential- I don't want it. No. So 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 potentially eighteen games in the season, no. and, and it, it's it's it gets worse. It's not just eighteen games. They're considering having two games where you can't play your starters, or you can only play your backups. No. <laughs> so I guess this is being a thought right now in the NFL. Um, well, Peter kind of already says uh, his uh, opinion. Right, on it. Peter, what well, more in depth you got to it? Let me go more in depth. All right. So I read about it. They said like. The starters won't play, but apparently, like your quarterback, your kicker, and your puncher and long snapper will play every game. But still, I do not want a game where I am watching. I don't know who the hell would play tackle. Andrew Donnell, left tackle. At center, you got Joe Dahl. At wide receiver, you got Powell. You got Andy Jones. Who else? Chris Lacey. Chris Lacey. Travis Fulham. On defense, you have Jamal Agnew starting. With Tease Tabor and Mike Ford and the safeties oh, are. Jesus, First of Lord, all, stop, let me let, stop, let me stop. stop. Let, me, let me let me stop you. First of all, you said a starter. Who was a starter? I said. Who you said Tease Tabor. Damn it. Okay, no. Stop. Continue with now. Continue with the argument. Continue with the argument. Safety. You have uh, you have possibly, uh, Will Harris. I don't know if he's ready or not. All right. You have Andrew Adams and Tavon Wilson. All right. I I don't want to watch a game with backups. I'm not going to pay money to watch a game with backups. I don't care if the starting quarterback plays. I do not want to watch these guys play. Fans don't pay eighty to hundred dollars to watch a football to watch backups play, and also let's say like you're like forts, you go like say you go ten and eight, right? And you needed twelve wins to go to the playoffs, and those two games where you didn't go was what's the backups playing? No, I want my starters playing. And I want my best players playing out there. I do not want to watch backups play. Okay, what the NFL needs to do is forget about making money. Stop being like selfish. The owners need to stop being selfish. And they need to, like, just put out the good players out there, you know? I do not want 18 games. It's not good for the, the health of the players. I, I don't want it. I, I think it's a disaster. I, I don't want it. Can you imagine pulling, out to for, pulling up to Ford Field and you look on the field, they had no idea that this is the backup game, I guess you would call it, and you see Travis Fogelman and Chris Lacey as your outside wide receivers, and you see Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, healthy as can be, sitting in a warm-up suit, could you imagine that? <laughs> no, I don't want that. I mean, I could imagine for a preseason game, but for regular season game. I'm saying regular uh, season. Regular no, season. <laughs> absolutely not. No, I, I would lose it. I, I wouldn't even watch the game. Maybe I would, but like. Okay, I, come on. Now you'd watch the game. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me tell you how. Let me to explain to you why this will be an utter disaster. And I know you guys are talking about four field. This will be a disaster for the fans. And right. not, just, not just for the home fans, but a fan like myself. Now, I live for people that, don't, that for people that don't know. I live in Miami, so for me to watch, to, for to, for me to wait for the Lions to come down to Miami to play, I have to wait eight years. So, if eight years rolled around that I actually waited eight years, and it comes to a game that the Lions come in, they come to town eight years later. If I pay my money for that ticket and there's nothing but backups, I am going in the field and I'm finding the first person I see. 
I don't care if it's a ref, coach. I don't care who it is. Somebody's catching hands. Like it is, and, and this is real because, like I said, I waited eight years for this. <laughs> you know, so it will be it'll be bad. It'll it'll be bad. I think they'll lose a lot of money if they do that, because I mean, how many fans would want to go to those games? So I, I don't I don't know. They should keep it as it is. If if they're not willing to like, it'll be bad for the players to play eighteen games. If they want to extend it to 18 games and the, and the players agree to it, like if they say, okay, we'll play 18 games, you know, that would be cool. I, w- I won't mind an extra two games, but with the starters, if they're okay with it. But to play backups two games and then have them play 16, no, <laughs> no, might as well just keep the preseason. What's the point? Yeah, right? I, I, I agree with you guys. You guys are pretty on point with. Near paints. I, I agree 100%. Honestly, I think it's an awful idea. I'd be pissed off if, you know, if they, if I went to a game and I find out they're just backups playing, I think that's just a stupid idea in all aspects, you know, for the fans, you know, point of going to the games, paying their hard money, you know, to go watch that team. And you don't want to watch that. I mean, and, you know, it's, it's big on the team too. I mean, like, how do you decide what games you want to play your backups in? You know, like, that's tough. You don't, like if the team you're if you're playing your backups, is the other team going to be playing their backups that game? Like, how do you decide that? Like, I don't really get how it works. That's I can't see the NFLPA agreeing to this. I can't yeah. see the NFLPA. That's yeah, a liability. It, yeah, it, it sounds like a long shot. Unless, to unless if they like give players like a lot more money, that's the only because you know money like money players, talks. Yeah, money <laughs> talks. change your mind real quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they <laughs> offer these players more revenue, I think they'd probably think about it. But I, I really can't see this happening. Yeah, so. That, I, that, It'll be a liability for the quarterback because you think about it. You have your quarterback out there. You, you're saying the quarterback is going to play 18 games, so he'll be able to play all games. Mm-hmm. But then you have him with his, his backup offensive lineman. Then he's playing against a team that's not resting their starters. Like, how, how does that work? That's what I'm saying. Very tricky. Yeah, I don't, I don't like this at all. <laughs> no. So well, what I, if the NFL, like, made a, like, these certain weeks you have to play your backups? I could see yeah, that, but it still would be very tricky, and I would hate it. It would be whack, man. Yeah. All right, for our next topic, former Detroit Lions wide receiver Golden Tate had some interesting comments to say about our current quarterback, Matthew Stafford. Uh, we're going to pull up a little quick audio of that. Uh, Stafford's been the best quarterback I've played with. Um, the guy can flat out play. He's tough, and his attitude's amazing, and he just wants to play ball. Um, and, and for me, you know, I, I have nothing but praises for him. I, I think it's 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 almost unfair that he's such a good player and doesn't have, you know, playoffs or, or a ring to show for it. And that's, you know, that kind of hurts my heart that I wasn't able to, you know, help change that. But, you know, I, I think over the last, his over his career, if you put him in another organization, maybe things are different. I, you know, I, I don't know because I've I played with some guys over my years that, that I've won playoff games with that I don't think are as good. Golden Tate has played with some really good quarterbacks. He's played with Russell Wilson, yep. a, two, a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's played with Nick Foles. <laughs> He's played with Carson once as well. Yep. And am I missing anyone else? I think you are, yeah. Am, am, am I missing someone yeah, else? Matthew Stafford. Some... There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. With... So, so and, and yeah, go Golden Tate said Matthew Stafford is the best quarterback he's ever played with. And I, I kind of want to hear your guys' opinion on that. Peter, we'll start off with you. All right. I like Nick Foles, okay? 
I think Stafford is more talented. I like Carson Wentz. He hasn't been healthy. I think Wentz is super talented, but he just can't stay healthy, so I'm going to wait on him. Russell Wilson's interesting to me because he's always had a running game. He's always had a great defense behind him. Um, Russell Wilson did not win those games. Though. He had Marshawn Lynch. He had that Legion of Boom with him. Now you look at Stafford. He had that one year with a good defense, but we had Joe Lombardi as our offensive coordinator, and the offense was just like bad. Like everything, nothing was going right. The old line was awful. Play calling was awful. So, personally, I, I like both Stafford and Wilson. I think they're in the same tier. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. I think they're in the, that same tier. But I don't see nothing wrong with what Golden Tate said. I think Stafford probably is more talented. He has a better arm. Um, he, I think, I don't know. I just I like Stafford more than Wilson. But I think they're in the same tier. What do you guys think? So, uh I thought it was very interesting to hear Golden say something like that and say that Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. And right. um, I'll say this. I don't know yet. yet. I don't know if I have uh, a true answer that Stafford's better than Russell Wilson. I don't have a true answer to it right now. I think this year could be – I could give you a real answer to it by next year just because I want to see what Matthew Stafford could do, what – with Daryl Bevel, who Russell Wilson has had before and succeeded with before. And right. having a running game with Kerryon Johnson and good receivers, good tight ends. I kind of want to wait a year out to really give you my final answer on that question. Because right now, I don't have a, a true answer right now. I think, it's, I think it's a little tough to say that right now just because of what Russell Wilson has done. But like you have mentioned, you know, he's had the running game. He's had the good defense before. I, I want to give you my true answer next year. I don't really have an answer right now to that. I can't. I can't say that Matthew Stafford's better than Russell Wilson right now on the podcast. I can't on this day. I cannot say it. I want to give a fun fact to you guys. A fun fact for you guys: Stafford in his ten years has had nine total games in which he's had a running back rush one hundred yards. He's eight and one in those. Now Russell Wilson has probably had like shit almost probably every game he's had a 100 yard rusher pretty close to it he's played i mean i don't know the exact numbers but i know seattle loves to pound the ball marshawn lynch put up good numbers with them chris carson uh is doing well for them right now so i just want to say that fun fact right there yeah that's that's what i said i want to give him my true answer next year when i want to because you know carry on i think is going to have a great year so having a good running game is going to give you my true answer to see if I can answer that question right now, if Matthew Stafford's better than Russell's, because I can't answer that right now. I, I okay. really can't. Let's see this, Malcolm. Let's hear yours. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second, guys. That I'm I'm actually opening a bag of toilet paper because I'm about to shit on everybody that hates on Stafford right now. <laughs> That's what I'm about to do right now. How long oh. did you try to set that up for? <laughs> <laughs> No, I just opened up a pack of six pack of um, toilet paper because this, I'm about to show everybody right now, all the media, everybody's saying Tate's crazy, Tate's insane, he's he's lost his mind. Everybody that said, even told me, because I said this from the, begin from the beginning, and I'm glad Golden Tate actually came out and said this because this is actually from when Golden, when when Wilson was actually having his contract situation, everybody was like, just trade Stafford to Seattle for a first in Stafford, and I was like, hell no. I will not do that. I will not. I will not trade Stafford for Russell Wilson. I said that from the beginning. I just want to say I told you so. Now, going back, 
I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna compare Nick Foles. I'm not gonna compare Carson Wentz because he had a half a season with them. I don't think it's fully fair to to kind of compare those guys to, to Stafford. They only played a half a season. It could be a chemistry thing what he saw, but I mean looking at Golden Tate from what he did see, he probably saw him in practice field and said, Yo, there's no way they're better than Stafford. That's probably what right. it is. Um but what I am gonna do, I'm gonna break down Russell Wilson versus Matthew Stafford. And I'm not gonna do the stats that the media shows you, the wins and losses, uh, the playoff wins, the Super Bowl wins. We all know those answers. Right. And the thing is, if this was an MMA fight or a boxing fight, we could easily say, you know what? Russell Wilson has a better record than Matthew Stafford. You know? But this is the thing. This is not a boxing fight. This is it's not a team sport. Fight. This is a, they play football. This is a team sport. Right. Now, Going to the stats that matter, not the stats that the, that the media shows or ESPN. These are the stats that matter. Now, you're looking at Russell Wilson. Does anybody know what is the most passes Russell Wilson thrown in the season? I do not. Okay. Uh... No. He, the most passes he's ever thrown was 553 passes. Okay. Now, Matthew Stafford, the most passes Matthew Stafford's thrown was 727 times. That was in 2012 where he actually has a record for throwing the most passes in the league. Right. Now, that is, a, that is a record that no team wants a quarterback to have. The coaching don't want the quarterback to have. The reason why they don't want the quarterback to have that, that type of record is because that just shows you're one-dimensional. You have no running game. If you're throwing the ball 727 times in the season, you have no running game. Now, right. Russell Wilson only threw the ball 500 times in the season, twice. Mm. Stafford's lowest passing attempt in a season has been 555 times, which is his lowest time, the lowest amount he's thrown a ball in the season. is still higher than Russell Wilson's highest passing attempt in the season. Now, Interesting. If you average that out, if you average out Matthew Stafford passing attempts in the season, he averages 617 passes per season. And, that, and that's not looking at 2009. That's not looking at 2010 because he was injured those years. Right. He averages 617 times. That's, a time, that's how many times he, he drops back and throws a ball in a season. Now, you're looking at 100-yard rushers. This is mm. a big, big key right here, 100-yard rushers. Russell Wilson in seven years had 3,500 yard rushers. That's not, that's, that's not including, you know, Marshall is getting 89 or 90, 98 yards and then their backup getting 55 yards. That's not including that. That's just 100 yard rushers 35 times. Matthew Stafford had nine in 10 years. Yep. Now, going to Offensive lineman, Pro Bowl offensive lineman, and all pro offensive lineman. Russell Wilson had three of those. He had three Pro Bowl offensive offensive linemen in his career. He had his rookie year, he had the center, Max Ugger, mm. in 2012 and 2013. And in two, 2017, he had uh Dwayne Brown go to the Pro Bowl. Also, Dwayne Brown also is an all pro offensive tackle. 
second team all pro. Right. Matthew Stafford had one Pro Bowl offensive lineman, and that is TJ Lang in 2017. Matthew Stafford has no all pro offensive lineman. Now, this, these, these stats to me that I'm about to bring up right now, I call these championship stats because these are the stats that's actually going to win you championships. Now, when I look at two stats, the most important stats to me that would win you a championship is A, your defense, and B, your rushing, your rushing offense. Yeah. Looking at Seattle Seahawks, since 2012, that's when Russell Wilson came to the league. In 2012, they had the fourth-ranked defense with the third-ranked offense. I'm sorry, third-ranked rushing offense. 2013, he had the first-ranked defense and the fourth-ranked rushing offense. 2014, he had the first-ranked defense and the first-ranked offense. Rushing offense. Now, if you're looking back at... Oh, I'm sorry, there's one more. 2015, he had the second-ranked defense and the third-ranked rushing rushing offense. Mm. Looking at Russell Wilson's first four years in career... He, had, he didn't have to do anything. There was some games Russell Wilson had to drop back 10 times and throw passes, and they won those games. Yeah. If Matthew Stafford had to drop back 10 times, they would lose 45-0. to zero. Now, I'm, I'm going to go on. All right. 16, he had the 5th-ranked defense, and he had the 25th-ranked rushing offense. They didn't do too good in 2016. That's the year that they beat us, but then they lost to, I believe it was Dallas. In the second round, was it Dallas? They lost to somebody. They, they I think lost it was Dallas second. or Green Bay, I forgot. So they did beat us, but they lost in the second round. I'm, I'm going to go further into that. Now, 2017, they had an 11th-ranked defense to 23rd-ranked offense. Now, this is the fun fact right here. 2017, Russell Wilson had zero 100 yard rushers. Whoa. The Seattle Seahawks went 97 and they missed the playoffs. I didn't know that actually. He, he had one year where they had a 0 100 yard rusher. 0 100 yard rushers? That what was the year was Marshall, that? Left. That was year Marshall left. They went 97 and they missed the playoffs. Okay. Was that 2017 you said? Oh, that's when they tried out Lacey, right? And he didn't work out. Yeah, he signed Lacey, exactly. I remember, yeah. Now in 2018, which was last year, they had the 16th ranked defense and the first ranked offense. His team is pretty damn good. If you look at the stats, as far as having a good defense, a good rushing attack, his team is pretty damn good. Right. Now, going to the, the, the Detroit Lions. Now, I'm not even going to go into these stats because they're just they're, they're horrible. <laughs> I, me pulling up these stats... It, it it hurt me because it just shows how badly of a job the Detroit Lions organization did to build around Stafford. It's just it's, Mayhew. May, Mayhew it is terrible. Fucking idiot. Like I'm, I'm telling you, like they pretty much. I guess I'm not going to go through everything, but they they pretty much average in the twenties all around. Now, what I am going to bring up is the playoff years because mm. everybody's quick to say. Stafford lost this playoff game. He's owing this and this playoff game and X, Y, Z. So what I'm going to bring up is those. I'm going to bring up those stats. Okay. 
just, just so you can see what help Stafford had. 2011. Everybody remember that year? 5,000 Stafford threw 5,000 yards, 41 touchdowns. Yeah, Aaron Barry dropped like two picks versus the Saints. Pissed me yeah. off. Smack so Stafford, with his arm, led that team 10-6. Yep. Stafford had a 23rd-ranked defense and a 29th-ranked off, uh, rushing offense that year. How, can you, how, how, how do you expect Stafford to win a playoff game with a 23rd-ranked defense and a 29th-ranked rushing offense? I don't know. You can't win. Tom Brady couldn't win with, with, with that type of that, that type of defense and that type right. of offense. I agree. Well, Tom Brady every year. Tom Brady won. His team was in the teens. Like his worst years, his teams were in the teens. You can't win with a 29th ranked rushing offense. It doesn't, it, it's not possible. 2014. Now this is the this is the year that everybody talks about. Everybody that don't like Stafford. This is the year they talk about. Oh, he had that one year. 2014, where they had the top defense, and guess what? They're right. Stafford had a top defense in 2014. They were ranked second. 2014, they had a second-ranked defense. But can anybody guess what their rushing defense, what their rushing offense was ranked? 32nd. You're 30. damn near close. <laughs> You're damn near close. They were ranked 28th. 28th in the league. That was bad. How, how can you win? How can you be successful on offense? If you're one-dimensional on, on, on offense, on offense, how you don't win that way? And when you have an idiot uh, Joe Lombardi calling pass plays, yeah, you can't win with that team. With that, those rankings, he still almost beat the Cowboys. It, th- that's another topic. Yeah, 2016. Everybody remember 2016, and this yeah. is an interesting year because in 2016, the Detroit Lions in December, December 1st, they had a nine and four overall record. They're nine four. They were on top of MC North. Top MC North. Um, they was actually a number one in the division. Yeah, that's when that's when uh, Rogers had that relaxed year, the whole relaxed crap, whatever. Yeah, week fourteen, Stafford breaks his finger. They then lose the last three games, and they lose to the Seattle Seahawks. They went nine and seven that year. Yeah, I was at that Packers game. They said like if we won it, we would have got first place in yep. the NFC North or sure. whatever. Yep, because we played Packers week seventeen. They flexed it. The they flexed yep. it. Yeah, I was now, there, and it sucked. That year in twenty sixteen, Stafford had the eighteenth ranked defense, and he had the thirtieth ranked rushing offense. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen. Stafford never had a running offense, a rushing offense, higher than 17th in the league. Mm. Everybody talk about Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush. He had Reggie Bush. He had Joe Bell. Reggie's best year in 2013, that's when we were ranked 17th in the league. Mm. We were never in the bottom. We were never in the top half of the league in rushing. Right. So everybody's quick to say, Matthew Stafford this, Matthew Stafford that. If you're judging Russell Wilson... And you're judging Matthew Stafford. What I'm seeing is I'm seeing one organization that could that put one guy in a position to win, and no organization that didn't give the guy the tools to succeed. That, that's the way I look at it. Because, like I said, Russell Wilson first four years, he didn't have to do anything. Mm. Matthew Stafford, since he got into the league, they relied on his arm. So. My opinion on both of these quarterbacks, Stafford, even with having nothing around him, and I'm not saying his receiving core because he had Calvin Johnson, but a quarterback's best friend 
in the league is not a top wideout. It's actually a running game. I agree. Stafford never had that. Ever. I don't care if people say Reggie, ever. Being 17th overall in rushing is not having a running game. That's having a, that's, that's just having a few good games. I mean, you could also see, like, with the different regimes, like, you could see Bob Quinn is emphasizing. I mean, last year, when he got LeGarrette Blount, which we liked in the beginning, then Blount obviously declined. This year, and he drafted, obviously, carry on. This year, he went out and got C.J. Anderson, who, who we like a lot as a backup, and he got um, Ty Johnson, who I like because of his speed. So, I mean, you could tell the Lions are emphasizing they're, the ball. Definitely, they're trying. They're trying. And the thing is, what I like and what, what shocked me the most is looking what we did last year. I didn't know we were number two or 10th overall on defense last year. I didn't know that. The snack okay. serves in effect. Yeah. The snack, so, if they plan the course the way they are, they will be successful. But back to Russell Wilson right. and Matthew Stafford. The reason why I would take Matthew Stafford over Russell Wilson is because Matthew Stafford was able to take his team to the playoffs with this type of team that he had. Like all those years where he would rank 20th and 30th and 20th and 30th, he took his team to the, to the playoffs with those teams. Russell Wilson, the only year that he had to face adversity when he didn't have a running game, he went 97, didn't make the playoffs. Right. So, how, what proof can you show me that, okay, if you switch quarterbacks, switch, switch careers, you put Matthew Stafford 2012 on that Seattle defense, and you put Russell Wilson in the Detroit Lions situation where he has a 29th ranked offense, rushing offense, and 29th ranked defense, and is he able to be as successful as he was in Seattle? There's no proof so. that you could, you, could, you could tell me that he's going to be as successful if the roles were in reverse. I agree. So I, I will take Stafford any day because I know what he, what he could bring to the table. If there was a game that the running game isn't working, and they say, look, we need you to throw the ball 50 times to win us this game. I trust Stafford to throw this ball 50 times and give us a chance to win the game. I don't trust Wilson Wilson to throw the ball 50 times to win you any game. Wow, you actually dove in up pretty deep. That was impressive, Malcolm. Um, yeah. yeah, I think, well, I still think Stafford and Wilson are in the same tier, but I would take Stafford over Wilson. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, you, really, you made really good points. And I'm just kind of, like I said, the wait and see game. I want to see Stafford with a good situation. Because he, like you said, he really hasn't had a good situation on the both sides of the ball with a good defense and a good rushing attack. So I think this is the, the year they have a chance to have a good run, de- uh, run game and you know, good defense. I think this is the year they could you know, be very good on both sides. So I'm going to give it a year. I'll give you my real answer after that. I guarantee you, if Stafford has a top ten defense and a top ten rushing offense, I guarantee you, put my put put a whole year of my my salary on it, they will win the Super Bowl. Wow. <laughs> okay, that, that's bold. Uh, I'm telling but, you. But yeah, I mean, obviously, if he has a rushing game in the top half, the, the top ten league, and a running a uh, running game top ten league, he will win the Super Bowl. I'm not. I'm not asking what Russell Wilson had. I'm not asking for the number one defense and number one rushing offense he had in what was that twenty. 2013. I'm not asking for that mm-hmm. because that's not fair. That's that's not that's not realistic to say. Oh, the only way Stafford's going to win the Super Bowl is if he has the number one defense and the number one rushing offense like Wilson did. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. Too much for that. Yeah, that's that, that's asking for too much. But Wilson did it. Wilson had it. Wilson yeah. had it. And, and and look how everybody looks at Wilson. You know, but I'm not I'm not asking for that because that that that's a guarantee. If Stafford had that, he would win the Super Bowl. Damn near, right. any, almost any quarterback, if they had that, they would they would win the Super Bowl. But I'm just asking for a top ten league. 
give me a top give me give me a tenth overall rush uh defense and give me like an eighth overall rushing attack. I guarantee you Stafford won the Super Bowl with that team. And sure and if so. you're running if your rushing attack is ranked eighth, your passing attack will be up there too. Because teams it would will be up be, there. They'll they'll play a lot of like they'll blitz a lot. You get one on one on the outside. Play action. That's what Stafford that's what Stafford has yet to see in his career. So that's, that's why I can't wait for this year. Yeah. Bevel, I mean, they brought basically the Seattle offense, the like the old Seattle offense, probably like little mixture of like some lion stuff, but the Seattle offense into Detroit, and we'll see how it works. Exactly. So yeah, Malcolm wrapped that beautifully on the Matthew Stafford Russell Wilson debate. But thank you guys so much for tuning in, and you know, stay tuned, man. We got some special stuff going on with the podcast. Training camp's coming up, so season's coming close. So stay tuned with everything. I'm Tyler from Lions Nation. I'm Pierre from Detroit Lions fan page. I am Malcolm. I am with the Detroit Lions video page. All right, Lions fans, take care. All right, guys. Peace out. Have a good one. Peace. Pride Podcast is sponsored by The D-Line, a lifestyle brand celebrated by Detroit and the great state of Michigan. Visit thedline.com for awesome apparel, stickers, and more. Thedline.com, for Detroiters, made by Detroiters.